So hello and welcome to this, which is our 11th Smart Building webinar of 2016. And it's called Measuring the Benefits of a Smart Building Solution. And it's a Q&A with Russell Cook. Hi, Russell, how are you? Good, thanks yourself, James. Good. Thanks for having me. No, not at all. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Uh, and obviously, I'll introduce Russell in a minute. Uh, just a few things I wanted to say before we begin. Um, first of all, if there are any questions from the audience, would be very happy to take them. Uh, the, the format for today is we're going to um, have a presentation from Russell to discuss, uh, obviously, some of, the, some of the things they've been working on, uh, especially around measuring um, smart building solutions and the return on investment. Uh, also, just need to say thank you very much to our sponsor, Tridium. Uh, they um, produce a Niagara framework. If you want some more information on that, please go to their website, tridium.com. And then also, just to let everybody know that we do record these webinars, and uh, I will uh, be putting it on SoundCloud later, and we'll have the link up on our website. So please feel free to share that with colleagues and, and anybody else. Uh, or indeed, if you want to listen to it again, you can. So yeah, without further ado, um, I'd like to introduce Russell. Russell is marketing manager at Laveau. Am I pronouncing that right? That's correct. Great. And you're the creators of Sense Agent. So maybe Russell, you just want to give us a little bit of um, feedback about yourself, or tell us about yourself and and about the company. Absolutely. Uh, so not too much about myself. I have the privilege of working at Laveau, where we've created um, an enterprise IoT solution with Sense Agent. Um, essentially, my marketing background is largely in, in wine and spirits, but I'd like to speak a bit about Laveau, if that's all right, and um, we can jump in from there. Uh, Laveau is an IoT solution, um, and that's based on doctoral research, which was started in 2004 by the uh, CEO and founder, Dr. Simon Benson for uh, distributed communication techniques and grid computing for computational quantum system simulations, which uh, form the basis of our middleware communication pipeline. Um, and then I'll get a little bit more into um, sure. you know, the history and that kind of thing as we go. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, um, let's start off with your presentation. I'll just put up the first slide here. Okay, fantastic. Um, uh, oh, Karen, I think. Yeah, just, just to let everybody know, as I said, quick reminder, if there are any questions, please type them in. Um, I'm going to let Russell speak and, and take the floor for, for, for the presentation, and then uh, we'll handle any kind of questions afterwards. So, Russell, fire away. Perfect. Thanks, James. Um, and then following from the uh, doctoral research, um, Simon realized that Google joined the IPSO Alliance in 2009 and then began developing custom embedded wireless mesh network sensor systems. Um, in 2013, uh, there was the first cloud-based end-to-end sensor solution, and that was fully operational. Levo has uh, since refined the technology to become the market leader for low latency, highly secure, massively scalable enterprise IoT applications with uh, 75 years of joint electrical engineering experience. Uh, so currently, uh, Laveau has developed SenseAgent, like you said, we're the creators of SenseAgent, and uh, that's an enterprise IoT solution uh, for the built environment. So we've distilled that down uh, specifically for commercial real estate, and that's from Laveau's core expertise in competencies of electric uh, design, firmware engineering, 
middleware communications and cloud architecture, and we've created a full vertical IT solution, and that includes hardware, middleware, and cloud. Uh, so what we do, um, we're the Australian pioneer in enterprise IT solutions with SenseAgent, and uh, we've done that for the built environment where we create intelligent environments to minimize the operating costs of property, optimize the efficiency of assets, and maximize the productivity of people. And it all starts with a single sensor. So going on to that first slide over there, this is an overview where we're showing the uh, steps to establishing return on investment. And that's our process of uh, measuring the benefits of a smart building solution for demonstrable return on investment. So step one, that's the problem. That's where we outline the costs. And that's the direct costs of commercial real estate. And we've based that on a paper which is done by JLL, which goes around uh, energy, property and people as the three pillars of cost centers in commercial real estate. And then we've developed the 5500-5000 rule uh, where we've tailored that to the Australian uh, market and made that metric. We'll then discuss a bit of indirect costs and uh, the current state of the built environment, which then takes us to uh, step number two, which is the solution. Uh, that's the business case for how the Internet of Things is transforming the built environment uh, with smart building solutions and the business case for Sense Agent and what a typical installation involves. Step three up the ladder, we're looking at the value proposition and that's the savings. So there we're doing demonstrable savings with the core competencies of a smart building solution and the five-tier service model that Sense Agent satisfies. And step four, that's the return on investment uh, that's the real case scenarios for the measurable benefits of a smart building solution as the clincher. So how the savings across the core competencies of a smart building solution translates to the three cost centers of commercial real estate with substantiated research to provide illustrative return on investment. So over here we're going to step number one where we are introducing the 5500 5,000 rule. There we're looking at the direct costs and this is the operational cost of commercial enterprises and that's dollars per square meter per annum. And as mentioned we did that from a paper that was published by JLL uh, for their energy and sustainability solutions department and that paper is called the green and productive workplace. So they did the 33300 rule which um, is for the American market in US dollars per square foot per annum. Uh, we've adapted and developed the 5500-5000 rule for commercial real estate in Australia, which is in Australian dollars, and that's metric, so it's per square meter uh, per annum. And then we'll get into sub some the uh, substantiations shortly. Um, we're also looking at the indirect cost, which would be the cost of lost opportunities and that's with uh, digital disruption. Uh, James, I hope you don't mind me throwing a Gartner quote in. Um, it's a paper they did called the Survey Analysis, and that's the early adopters of Internet of Things, poised to make 2016 the year of the customer. And the quote is, Gartner shows that 43% of organizations either are using or plan to implement the Internet of Things in 2016. 
So the harsh reality is if you haven't already or don't plan to, you may be left behind very quickly. The uh, picture of the current state of the built environment is there's inefficient energy consumption with reactive safety compliance and static climate control, um, as well as unintegrated security tracking, poor utilization of space, and this results in property being underutilized and its occupants unengaged, which means that commercial real estate is currently unsustainable uh, as energy is unnecessarily wasted, is unrealized value as property is underutilized and unproductive um, as people are underperforming. We'll look at how we've developed the 5500-5000 rule and in the next slide we're getting into some current cost substantiations and how we've done that for a typical building in the CBD of Sydney, Australia. So on the next slide we've got the 5500-5000 rule and that is showing our substantiations. So the $50 component, which is for energy, that shows that the cost for energy is $50 per annum per square meter, and that's for lighting only. The way that we've calculated that is from substantiation from the Australian Energy Regulator, uh, which has the uh, average electricity tariff price of 10 cents to 30 cents. And for commercial real estate in Sydney, uh, that commercial tariff is 12 cents per kilowatt hour. And then we're looking at the, the neighbours rating, which is um, the National Australian Built Environment Rating System. And if we have any one from the US, that would be the LEED rating. Um, and that energy management guide shows that the commercial standard for a, um, a well-lit um, room would be 320 lux at 7 watts per square meter and from there we calculate it's 430 kilowatt hours per square meter so the 12 cents for the 430 kilowatt hours that gives us the $50 per square meter and that component is purely for lighting before we've even started to look at uh, the savings that could be had for heating and ventilation the second component is property that's the 500 and uh, over there that's a simple one that would be from a Collier's report that says that the uh, office market review is between $450 to $800 and that's for a commercial office in Sydney CBD. Uh, to keep with the fives we've gone $500 which is uh, quite conservative as we're coming in at the lower end of, of that average. And then the third component is people. For uh, that substantiation, we're looking at SEEK, and that's $75,000 for a professional wage in, in Sydney. And then uh, we've also got the average density per person, um, per square meter, at 14.5 square meters. Uh, we'll call it 15 square meters. From there, uh, that's how we've calculated the $5,000, and that then shows that people is the biggest component. So if we look at the weighting of 5,500, 5,000, uh, we can clearly see that people uh, would be the largest cost in terms of putting people in an office space. The office space itself is uh, a large component too, being 500, and energy is a fairly small part of, of the, um, the office costs in terms of running that uh, commercial office space. Uh, 
there's another one that's been done, which was by the Green Building um, Council. It's a paper called Health, Wellbeing and Productivity in Offices. And here they're showing the, the weighting components as percentages. So it's again showing the 50-500-5000 rule. And essentially it's saying 1% of, of that cost is energy. 9% is for rental costs and 90% is the cost of putting staff um, with regards to salaries and benefits. So if we look at a 10% variation across these three uh, cost centers, a 10% uh, variation, whether that's an increase, uh, would only be 0.1%. If you look at a 10% increase in property in terms of the rental costs and utilizing that property better, that would be 0.9%. And if there's a 10% variation in people, that's 9%. So we can clearly see that uh, that average weighting is going towards people. Over here we're looking at step one. We've done the problem. And now we're going to jump on to step two. So let's do the solution, which is the, uh, the business case for a smart building solution. <clears throat> With a smart building solution, uh, that's the building Internet of Things or uh, the BIOT as coined by memory, the built environment can become an intelligent environment. Um, our catch line is, is creating intelligent environments. So with Sense Agent, we can efficiently manage energy consumption, have pr proactive procedures to ensure safety of people and assets, with predictive analytics for smart climate control, and integrated security tracking of people and assets for the efficient utilization of property and increased productivity of people, <clears throat> which means that commercial real estate can be sustainable as energy consumption is minimized, valuable as property is efficiently utilized, and productive as people are performing optimally. If we look at Sense Agent as a smart building solution, we have a five-tier service model where we do lighting, safety, climate, security, and utilization, and then how this translates into the three cost centers of commercial real estate. And we'll cover that shortly in the value proposition. So a typical sense agent installation in terms of the smart building solution, uh, what we offer is the full vertical uh, in terms of hardware. We have our own infrared sensors, microwave sensors, we have a switcher for, for any light that's luminaire agnostic. And then we have emergency lighting equipment, which is an emergency light, emergency sign, and battery manager. The smart building solution would then include installation, commissioning, and then our customizable dashboards <clears throat> and follow-on maintenance. So the average deployment cost of Sense Agent uh, varies, and that depends on the density of the mesh network. So ideally, we'd be doing a sensor per light, and that's how we'd get a dense mesh network into the ceiling, or the digital ceiling, as Cisco calls it. So um, Simon jokes about lighting control being the start, and um, that's what we call the, uh, the Trojan horse, and that's what we deploy our sensors into the ceiling for lighting control, and then that opens up the capabilities then to safety, climate, security, and utilization. Um, each of our sensor products uh, records metrics, and that data is then displayed on dashboards to, to build business intelligence and predictive analytics. So from all our sensor products, we're doing 
energy metering, uh, recording ambient temperature, humidity, ambient light, ambient sound, and the device temperature. And each product, including the emergency lights and signs, uh, includes Bluetooth tracking to monitor people and, uh, and assets in spaces. So the big point is, is the mesh. Uh, once that's in there, um, ours is actually it's a wireless deployment, uh, deployment, so it's very quick to commission, and then the communication is also self-healing. But I'll give some more information on that as we go. Uh, so we're going to jump onto the value proposition. So step one, we've done the problem. Step two is the smart building solution. Now step three, we're looking at the value proposition. Now that's the demonstrable savings with a smart building solution. SenseAgent is a full vertical enterprise IoT smart building solution. As mentioned, we do the hardware, middleware, and cloud services, and we provide a turnkey solution for a full service model and definitive value proposition. So the savings, that's service-based, and that goes across five core competencies. Um, I might mention it doesn't have to be all five competencies. Uh, we can do lighting control and climate, or split that up for security and safety. Uh, essentially, it boils down to what's required in uh, each each building or scenario. If we look at lighting, that's um, that's savings as a service, and the way that we do that is with energy savings. So that would be occupancy sensing, uh, switching and dimming, and daylight harvesting, and then also reporting. So that's the energy efficiency management system, and we do granular granular metering from a single light, uh, which can be grouped together to form a room or a group a floor, and that can be grouped together for a building or multiple buildings, and that could even include uh, internationally geographically distributed assets. If we look at safety, that's compliance as a service, and over there we're offering continual compliance. So that's uh, our proprietary emergency lighting equipment, and what we offer there is autonomous testing. So we can remove a significant amount of labor in testing, and we can pass that on with a fire and safety provider. So in Australia, um, the standard is AS2293, where a person needs to walk a building at once to start a test, and then again in, in four or so hours to check that everything complies in terms of the battery uh, being, being drained and recharged. And then once they've done that, they can come and look and test and tag and show that it's it's all working as it should. Uh, with the sense agent system, we can do automatic reporting and we can run that test either by a schedule or, or with predictive analytics. We're also checking those metrics live in terms of um, current as well as battery status. So we can do preventative maintenance for that peace of mind that if your emergency lighting is working all the time as opposed to those checks which only happen uh, I think it's twice per annum. If we look at climate, that's control as a service, and that is energy savings again. So that would be through building analytics, uh, real-time occupancy density, and uh, Bluetooth notification, or what we call presence notification, for real-time uh, heat maps, utilization maps, and building predictive analytics for, for HVAC uh, control. Again, we have the preventative maintenance around there to ensure occupant and tenant satisfaction and reduce maintenance bills. If we look at uh, security, that's tracking as a service, and there we're doing location tracking of people and assets. 
So it's the asset management side where we can ensure the security of um, an entire portfolio and that would be of personnel and assets across geographically distributed locations. And then access control which can be done remotely or through our schedules. For utilization, uh, we're looking at productivity as a service and that would include the likes of space optimization where we can do utilization mapping and start seeing where spaces are underutilized and look at repurposing them. Uh, that would be again for occupant satisfaction where we can look at strategic workplace management and that would be from historical analysis of people flows. Uh, we can also increase the productivity with utilization mapping and that would be with density analytics. And then uh, I mentioned presence notification earlier, that would be through uh, Bluetooth tracking. So if we look at that, your infrared sensor um, only senses movement. So if a person was to stop in a space, uh, the HVAC could possibly turn off again because it, it may think that no one is there. With the Bluetooth tracking or presence notification, even if you were still in that room, it would still recognize that you're there. So here we have the five-tier value proposition. And that enables SenseAgent to create values, uh, sorry, create value to companies by delivering actionable data. So we're not just getting the information and displaying it on dashboards for reporting. We're able to control um, the environment. So it's, it's not only an intelligent environment, it's an environment which we can control and act upon. So the value proposition would include some of our points of differentiation with uh, the main one being security and scalability um, as well as privacy. So as the, the smart building space grows and, and smart cities, the, the questions which come to the fore are often security and, and privacy, uh, which we've taken care of by starting with the end of mind, uh, with the end in mind, uh, with a highly secure um, middleware connectivity pipeline. It's 100% C++. It's also not message-based. It's um, remote procedure call. So that's a brokered connection, and that's highly, highly secure. Um, also with Simon's background um, at Boeing and CAE, he has that military um, background to ensure that this is highly secure. With scalability, we're actually the lowest latency in our field. With uh, where we're achieving approximately 200 milliseconds for command and control. So that's true real time as the human cognitive system takes approximately 400 milliseconds to recognize an event as having occurred. Uh, as we're well under that threshold, uh, we can comfortably say that we're true real time. Uh, our system is also interoperable, so we can interact with um, building management systems and other enterprise applications to provide a, um, a living, breathing ecosystem of, of a smart building. And uh, we have fog computing, as termed by Cisco, uh, or also known as edge computing. And that, that capability we're able to do at the sensor level. So the silicon of each of our centers, sensors um, has the ability to store uh, schedules for computational capabilities to process and react at the sensor level. The savings of the value proposition of a smart building solution and how it translates then uh, across the three cost centers of commercial real estate, that's energy, property and people, will carry on into the clincher which is uh, illustrative return on investment and this is our final step. 
So here we are with step four, return on investment with demonstrable savings and illustrative return on investment. Uh, this slide is the top of the staircase or the mounting of the return on investment summit, so to speak. Uh, so if we look at a recap where we do a real case 1,000 square meter commercial office space, number one, that was the costs, the problem, excuse me, where we've introduced the 50-500-5,000 rule. I might also say um, if you are able to have a look at our website which is senseagent.com and if you click on the save button you'll see our uh, our calculator which is fully customizable so you'll be able to tweak that to a particular site or building uh, as you require. Number two, the solution, that's the business case where we're showing the benefits of uh, the SenseAgent system in the built environment, uh, the average deployment cost, um, and this can't be reverse engineered um, from the save calculator, as Simon did some trick maths in there, and um, it also is variable depending on your costing um, either goal or the uh, density of the mesh that you'd like to, to require uh, for, for the density mapping. So number three is the value proposition. Here we're showing those demonstrable savings from our five-tier um, savings model. And what we've done is distilled that then to the 30, 10, and 1%, which is a conservative savings model across energy, property, and people. Uh, on the calculator, again, if you were to go there, you can click on that drop-down list, and that would then give you conservative. We also have moderate, optimistic, and that you can customize. So here's the substantiations for the savings. Uh, the energy, which is 30% reduced energy consumption, and that's $50,000 savings per annum. That was pulled from a uh, Ernest Orlando Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory report that did a meta-analysis of energy savings from lighting controls in commercial buildings. That was done back in September 2011, and for lighting only, that savings was between 20% and 60%. So again, we're being very conservative here, and that's before we've done any HVAC savings or heating and ventilation. If we look at the, prop the property component, uh, we're suggesting 10% better utilization of space with, with the Smart Building Sense uh, solution or Sense Agent. Um, I also call this um, soft ROI, as it's not as simple to prove as, as energy consumption, which is easy to measure. Uh, we're looking at a $50,000 savings per annum, and that we've pulled from a CBRE report, which is um, for Asia-Pacific Major, and that one's called Space Utilization, the Next Frontier, CBRE Workplace Strategy, and that's 2015. And they said it's up to 22% more efficient utilization of space with a smart building solution. So 10% again, very conservative. And then we're looking at people. Here we've come in at only 1% uh, increased productivity, and that would be for savings of $50,000. And that we've done from a JLL report which is called Perspectives on Workplace Sustainability. Is your portfolio green and productive? You can measure it, really. That was done in 2014, and they're saying the productivity is up to 20%. So 1%, that's very, very conservative. Here we're showing that you can then do a total savings with the conservative model, and that would be $115,000 per annum. 
So number four, this is another clincher where we can show that illustrative return on investment. For us, that's eight months. And that's fully customizable, which can be tailored to specific buildings. And you can also tweak the percentages on the, the savings calculator, as, as mentioned. And that would be for the costs and the savings models. Um, a quick side note is uh, we have a similar return on investment for, for greenfield uh, new developments as we do for brownfield, which would be existing buildings. Uh, because our system is, is deployed and commissioned wirelessly, and our switcher is luminaire or light agnostic. So we're looking at why commercial real estate uh, owners, managers and tenants are very much interested in the property and people spaces of, of a smart building solution, uh, more so than energy, and that's because the property and people is where the greatest savings are to be had. So again, if we look at a 1% increase or, or decrease across the 5,500, 5,000 rule, you're only looking at $5 on energy, whereas it's $50 on property and $500 on, on people. So it also depends on, on your target audience as to how we'd be port portraying the, the return on, on investment and um, how we portray the value and, and how we communicate it. Um, as an owner, they'd be interested in the energy and the property, uh, not so much the people, unless they're looking at retaining tenants or attracting new tenants um, who would want key talent. So then the people are still involved, but they're more interested in the dollars. Um, tenants, definitely very keen on the people. Uh, that would be their biggest cost in terms of their, uh, their operation. And then a manager would be balancing the the value proposition between the two, showing that there's, there's benefit as an owner and there's benefit as a tenant. And then we're also, as an alliance partner, we're looking for those, um, those key uh, partnerships in terms of the, the value which can be added um, to electrical design and construct firms too. What I might do is, is end with um, a scalability scenario where we've created an enterprise IoT solution which is scalable um, to internationally geographically distributed assets. So the return on investment, um, whether it's one floor or, or a whole building or, or many geographically distributed assets, tends to stay around 8 months to 12 months. So the savings and the payback periods are, are, are always quite similar, but if you look at scaling up that solution across a giant portfolio, essentially the larger the deployment or the intelligent environment created, the greater the savings potential with a smart building solution uh, such as SenseAgent. And um, I hope that's given us the, the four steps to, to illustrating a return on investment and how we've developed our, um, our value proposition to communicate the benefits of, of a smart building solution. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as I said before, you know, we've got about half an hour here or um, maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less. If people want to um, contribute, ask some questions to Russell or indeed myself, um, I know I've got some. Um, so yeah, I guess we just get into some, um, some of the detail if that's okay, Russell. Absolutely. I thought, you know, it's obviously really interesting about this, this 50, 500, 5,000 rule. I mean, it, I think it's brought home to me, you know, about clearly, you know, how, how important it is, how, how important people are to, um, 
to a business in 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 this kind of in this case commercial office space, um, and that it clearly demonstrates that right. So uh, and as you can see, I mean, we're looking here at the kind of savings and and how that translates. As, as you said, you know, like a one percent. If I'm reading this right, yeah, one percent one percent improvement in productivity in people leads to uh, in this case 50,000 you know 50,000 um, saving in the year so and, and I think one of the things I pulled out I mean I've, I've got several things I pulled out from what you were talking about but one obviously is the, the first one um, in terms of energy you were just talking about lighting so that's if, if I'm understanding you that's that's literally just the saving that you can get from lighting controls does that include, for example, switching to um, LEDs? Um, that would be um, an added benefit too. Yeah. Um, so that would be the greatest benefit certainly would be with an LED. And there's also other incentives. I don't know if it's the same in, in the UK or, or, or in America. Um, but in New South Wales, they've got, um, they've got energy certificates. So you, you also are able to... Um, have some of the cost of the deployment of a smart building solution which would go directly to LED lighting. So to answer your question, um, that $50, that's just for lighting control mm. and yes, certainly upgrading to LEDs would, would increase that savings even more. Great, yeah. Um, and then we're not even talking about uh, HVAC control or um, any of these other kind of, you know, as you said, intelligent systems that, 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 that people are producing at the moment. So we've had Absolutely. quite a few questions come in. So we're just gonna, I'm just going to take them one by one as they came in. Uh, first one, what is the CapEx uh, per meter squared and the OPEX for the annual reporting data analytics? Have you got any you got any stats on that? That's a good question. We are busy looking at uh, real um, deployment in terms of um, being able to showcase the real uh, scenario of uh, the sense agent system in action. So that those conversations are busy happening. Mm. We are also looking at different pricing models uh, with regards to to capex and opex expenditure. Um, there's one that I have have a particular interest for, which would be um, hardware as a service, and that would be essentially purely an, an OPEX um, expense in terms of how that translates to, to the accounting center. Um, the other option would be capital upfront with, with cloud services, so that would be a split for, for CapEx and OPEX. And there's also the, another option of doing um, a zero capital uh, where we then have the opportunity and the incentive to drive the cost down as much as possible as the, the owner or tenant um, would, would derive the benefit um, savings as a percentage, as would we. So we do have a few options that we're busy looking at in terms of pricing models, um, and I, I hope that answers the question, but essentially um, it's, it's a full smart building solution, and we could do that in collaboration with, with each client in terms of what works best for them, whether it be purely OPEX or they want to do the, the CapEx up front, um, and that would be in conjunction with their um, their financial accountant. Right, yeah. I mean, it, it varies, I'm sure, on what type of business, um, et cetera, et cetera, how they want to handle that. 
Exactly, and it varies from building to building. Um, it, it also depends on just purely from an owner or, or a tenant. For, for an owner, um, they do what's called a base fit, and they may want to include the sense agent at that initial stage to, to attract better tenants, um, and that for themselves may well be a capital expenditure, where they then want the tenant to absorb the operating expenditure. Mm. But again, that, that would be a good kind of split and how we can look at that. But each building is different. Um, some buildings, the owner would take care of the, the HVAC cost as well as the lighting in terms of energy. Um, and then in other buildings, it's split to the tenant that does the lighting, but the owner still does. So what I'm really saying is it's on a case-to-case -case basis. Um, and um, my, my email address, that's russell2s2ls at levaux.com. Um, if there's anything specific that I can follow up, um, I'd be happy to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, next question. How specifically does the sense agent, um, well, I'm assuming they mean um, your, uh, your service, lead to energy, property, people, savings? What is the reaction to sensor measurements to achieving the savings? Mm -hmm. um, so the, the energy, like we were saying, it's, it's quite easy to prove in terms of uh, metering before and metering after. Mm. Uh, for property and people, um, that's why I'm terming it um, soft return on investment. So we can show ways that are clear um, kind of scenarios in terms of how that would reduce labor time or, or travel time um, for, for increased productivity. Um, there's also scenarios where we could look at property being repurposed. That would be for a tenant to use their space better. Um, or even for an owner to, to repurpose areas. So right. I mean, productivity is notoriously hard to uh, to measure, right? But from exactly. a but from a property perspective, with mm -hmm. if you're doing things like asset tracking or heat mapping of areas, and then you're using that data to, uh, to as you said, perhaps optimize the space, and so maybe the company gets decides that they don't want to rent as much space, there's, there's a clear saving there. Exactly. And um, that, that kind of data is what's, what's really important. That's for that business intelligence. Uh, and the key is we can also control that. But it's making those decisions. Um, so we have actionable data. And exactly like that, if we looked at the, the occupation of a floor over time, we'd be able to see, okay, well, a business has six meeting rooms. Um, four of the boardrooms are for 12 people and two for three people, whereas over time we can see most times the meetings are only housing three to four people. So instead of taking another floor, uh, we can repurpose those meeting rooms to be smaller meeting rooms, uh, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's, it is difficult to, uh, to put a dollar value to that, and that's why we've been very careful in, in our substantiations and also come in very conservatively. So yeah. if we wanted to take the out, we could do that. Um, but I think we've been, we've been really careful. Yeah. Uh, next question. What, what, have you already installed this system? And if so, what is your return on experience? Okay, interesting term. Ooh, return on experience. Well, uh, for the sense agent installation, um, yep. we're looking at doing the golden standard. So the experience would be fantastic because we're, we're planning to roll out Australia-wide and then 
into Asia Pacific. So I would say the uh, return on experience, if it's not fantastic, uh, we'd, we'd all be worried. We're, we're aiming to uh, come in with, uh, or we are coming in with a phenomenally mature um, IoT solution uh, from Australia. But to answer that first question, we did one installation um, back in was 2013 or 2014, and that was for lighting control, which went exceptionally well. And we were busy having conversations with uh, with marquee clients, uh, which are either technology partners or uh, property managers and owners, where we're looking at doing uh, a thousand square meters. Um, that's essentially to do a showcase site of of Sense Agent. Right, and we should explain that you you are a startup company, so you were. This is your, yes, so bringing this to market at the moment. Absolutely, we're we're fresh out the gate. Um, I've been doing this for six months, so we're coming out strong. But the the beauty is, uh, in kind of the iceberg analogy, the hard work's already been done. We've we've got a highly secure, massively scalable, a mature enterprise IoT solution, which we've now specifically tailored for for commercial real estate, and. Um, now we're going to do the first installations and then and then roll it out. So I'd be curious who the question came from. If they're an investor, they should speak to Simon. <laughs> there you go. You got your plug-in. <laughs> uh, next question. What uh, or can you please explain? So we kind of touched on this already. Can you please explain how you measure the saving on people? How do you measure people's productivity? Um, I actually do have an example for that, and um, this would actually go to, to HVAC. So we can do fine-grained, uh, like I said, presence notifications. So we can do occupation density in in, in office spaces. Um, there have been previous studies that have shown that a cooler room makes people more productive um, by, I think it was, I'd had to say, but it was a particular percentage. So even if we say we are providing the correct working environment in terms of lighting conditions, um, enhancing daylight use, which is one of our competencies, and providing the correct working temperature, already we are increasing productivity. Um, and if, if the environment isn't correct, we then people can control that in terms of permissions, which are all customized. Um, so that would also then exclude them having to go and speak to a building manager or, or going to change the HVAC settings. So. Again, difficult to attach a dollar value to that, um, or or a percentile increase. But there's definitely, I mean, there's really good scenarios to to illustrate it. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned some. What I'll do when we post the audio to this, I will put up some links because you did mention a couple of things, didn't you, in your presentation? Uh, white paper from JLL, for example, on the green and productive building. Is that right? And I'll, yeah, so so we'll do that so people can see some of the um, you know some of the research that's been done in this area. Um, I'm going to have to then, go on because we're, we're getting quite a few questions here, and I want to make sure we get them all, get through them all. Um, how do you resolve the issue of separation and ownership of asset costs and savings? For example. Quite often, the infrastructure or portfolio owner will not directly benefit from any saving put in place in terms of energy and property, as these may be borne by the tenant. I think that's an excellent question because, as as he points out, for example, let's say JLL, as we mentioned, you know, they they are the they're not the end user of the building. They that's the tenant, right? 
correct. Um, have, you, have you thought much about that? How do you resolve that 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 separation? Yeah, it, it's a great question, and um, it's it's an issue that's close to my heart at the minute as we are engaging property owners, tenants, and, and managers, hmm. and. Um, it's one thing in terms of communicating the benefit. Um, it's another thing in terms of the question, which is great. Um, well, how do we disperse the cost? Um, mm. And it depends from from scenario to scenario. Um, the, the key one being probably the most confusing would be the, the landlord owner um, and tenant ar arrangement, and and that often happens. There'll be a building owner uh, with the property manager. And then that's with a different tenant, and mm. how that's built and how the benefit is portrayed um, is on a case-to-case -case basis. And that's why we're also looking at uh, when is the most appropriate time to to come in and have these conversations. Yeah. Very simple with with development, um, especially with you know the call for green stars and sustainability where we do energy efficiency. Uh, that then goes from you know the owner to attract tenants to get their buildings occupied, there's value for that. Um, but it's also for Brownfield, so that one, yeah, it's essentially we're not, we're not having a meeting with, with one person. It's, uh, we need all three heads to nod. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean I, I, from my experience of, I mean, I've engaged with, you know, property owner, developers, property owners, they're not without, you know, they do care about, uh, a tenant retention, for ex for example, that is important to them. So uh, I don't think we can completely separate and say, you know, oh, because they're not actually, you know, engaged, they're not the uh, experience, they're not the end user of the building, they're not interested in, uh, in, in the actual building experience. I think some of these companies now are, they realize that they have a product, they realize that it has to be, you know, that there is benefit in... Um, in, in, in having a uh, you know providing a good a good service good environment because uh, it well it, it leads to uh, higher rental yields for one absolutely uh, okay another question for you um, can you tell me a bit about the typical business model for your solutions are customers paying a one-off fee or is it sold as a kind of license fee as you mentioned there will be access to dashboards maintenance etc uh, again, that would look uh, on a case-to-case -case basis, and, and there would be a conversation we could do or have um, in terms of how that could be split. And I think a particular scenario would be the um, the owner-tenant relationship, mm. and I think what could benefit both, um, depending on the length of these two and, and how they split um, their, their energy and, and how that's all done, but essentially. I think what could be quite simple is doing a capital expenditure um, that's done by the owner, and that's for the, the installation, or supply and installation and commissioning of, of the system. And then that could be split for a service level agreement to the tenant, where they then pay a, um, a cloud service fee. And then that way both get full benefit, that would be the owner and the tenant, and each do also um, pay for the value of, of the system that they do get. So that way, if the tenant left, the system remains, and that could then just be passed on to the next tenant. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a question here about the calculation. So actually, I think we might, um, if 
if you want to email Russell about that, what was your email address again? Russell at Laveau.com. That's it? Yeah. Two S's, two S's. L-E-V-A-U-X.com. Yeah. Sorry, it's just because we've, we've got a, a few to get through here. So that might be a long one, and uh, it's probably best on an email. Uh, next one. <laughs> next one. And this is a question I was going to ask as well. Um, how does your system connect with the BMS? Uh, for example, what communication protocols are you compatible with? Sure. Uh, so that's more engineering. I'd probably pass that on to to one of uh, one of the team. Uh, we we have a highly skilled team, uh, but to give my kind of two cents on that, we we are able to interoperate with the, the building management system. Mm. That's with RESTful APIs, and that would be with uh, any system essentially. That could be a Backnet or, or Modbus or Lonworks. Um, there are ways and means to, to translate, um, but really what we're doing is we're giving fine-grained uh, metrics, data, and analytics so that the BMS um, can perform better and react faster or intelligently um, to, to the building's needs. So we, we are creating a truly intelligent uh, environment for a smart building. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned earlier about, obviously, I mean, what you've, I think, I've I think I'm right in saying this, you know, you've seen lighting as the, in inverted commas, the Trojan horse, right? Mm, to, get in, to, get in, to get into the building. Well, yeah, I mean, and we, we wrote about, you know, we've written about that in terms of lighting controls. I mean, and there's definitely benefits to that. I mean, one of the, purely for the fact that, um, you know, lighting is in every room. Um, it has to be. Um, so, yeah. so it, it, you know, for a system to... Uh, to piggyback on that makes a lot of sense. Whereas, you know, that's one of the advantages it has over over uh, perhaps HVAC or you know environmental control. A uh, couple more questions. What is and again, and one that I think was interesting to me. What is the wireless technology that you're using? You mentioned tooth tracking. I know, but. Um, how are you? So these sensors that you're putting in, how are they connecting and 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 I mean, it's wireless, but but what wireless technology? Great question. So um, we have it's a proprietary middleware communication system, so that is highly secure, but still interoperable. Uh, what we're doing is our uh, communication sits on 802.15.4, so it's like Zigbee is an application layer that sits on 802.15.4. Uh, we are our own communication standard, so that is proprietary but it's closed only for our internal systems. And that communication is also a, um, a mesh networking system. So that's self-healing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if, if we need more information on that, um, I'd, I'd be able to shoot that through an email or put you in touch with, um, with one of the you know, um, cloud architects or middleware communication architects. Sure. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, wireless in buildings. Um, what your take? I mean, it makes obviously so much sense. Um, the fact that you know, it's so much easier to commission, install, uh, and you know the improvements that have been made and the cost of wireless sensors is coming down. But you know, we I have had comment from installers, integrators who, you know, the it does 
it, it's not all, um, it, it can make their life more difficult, especially, for example, if um, things are moving in the building. For example, commercial office space, someone puts a wall in, right? Uh, and it might be, I don't know, a lift shaft or something. And that does then change the, uh, that, that does have an impact on, on the wireless network. Um, yeah, there's actually, uh, there's a great kind of real case scenario we had um, with, with a building management system that had emergency lighting equipment, which, which wasn't ours, and um, they needed to get someone back in to repurpose a light once it was moved. So the beauty of, of our wireless system, uh, which is wirelessly commissioned on a floor plan, is it's, it's very simple to, uh, to repurpose um, a, one of our sensors to, to a different area. It does need to be decommissioned on, on security, but quick to repurpose. And um, another quick point would be our, our workflows, which are, are easy to do. Um, it's actually, uh, I'm not all that technical, and, and I'm able to play around with our workflows and, and start establishing uh, alerts and schedules and that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. the system is um, like a good user interface should be. Simple, easy to use. Right, absolutely. Another question. Have you heard about the building called The Edge in Amsterdam where a similar technology has been designed and installed by an MEP company called Derns? I think I pronounced that right. D-E-E-R-N-S. Um, I, yes, I well, I've heard of The Edge. Um, Russell, have you? I've heard of it, but I haven't, um, I haven't researched it, which I should do. Mm -hmm. I've been closely our doorstep um, prime sites in Brisbane being the likes of, of 111 Eagle Street mm. uh, which is a six star or six green star building so to answer the question um, I've heard of it but I'd need to do a bit more reading in terms of uh, what's installed there and, and how that operates I'd, I'd be very interested yeah I'll put a link again I'll, I'll see if I can dig out something on that I haven't seen a white paper or anything but I know there was a video there's it got quite a lot of press some it's a very interesting case study um, although yeah I mean I don't know for example what the the ROI on that system that was put in or, or indeed if that's actually commercially available um, as a sort of they're selling that as a, as a uh, as a standalone service for others not sure about that It'd be interesting to find out um, yeah, question here. What is the cloud platform? Is it Laveau proprietary? Uh, we have what's called Sense Agent Cloud, um, and that's that's a graphical user interface. And there we can do fine-grained metering um, at the sensor level, and create the groups where we can do geographically distributed assets, not only for metering and, and reporting, but also for control. Uh, but to get to the question, uh, we can still um, operate at APIs to look at other um, cloud system solutions. So um, if there are, and that there are a few other Internet of Things companies starting to come up with um, kind of purely the cloud scenario, hmm. uh, yes, we would be able to op you know, essentially offer the, um, the hardware and, and connectivity. So like like we said earlier, we're fresh into the space. We're looking at commercial agreements and um, and ways that that works. So yes, we do have our, our proprietary um, cloud solution, um, and yes, we can operate with others. So it's it's two part kind of question and answer. That covers it. 
Okay, so is that there's some kind of API or some or, or that that allows people to dig into the data without perhaps using your dashboard? Correct. So we have REST APIs, um, and that can uh, get the information. It's the, it's the control aspect that we just need to look at in terms of how that works. Um, but we, we're looking at a few strategic partnerships too, and that would be with uh, business intelligence companies yeah. uh, for you know, data analytics. Yeah, especially, I mean, you're focused on the commercial office space. A lot of these guys have some kind of BI software already, don't they? So it would be great for you to tap into that. Uh, one last question here, and then I've got a couple to finish as well. Um, will Lavo upgrade or add to its wireless technology for low power wide area networks and such as LoRa, WAN, Sigfox? I guess that's a technical question, isn't it? Really? Um, any any thought on that, or is that should that be referred to your technical team? Yeah, please shoot through an email. Um... Our, our mesh networking system is, well, it's a mesh network, so we can add gateways, and uh, I guess it depends on the application. It's referring, but, yeah. it's referring specifically to the type, the wireless protocol, right? Because, um, uh, you know, the communication, which, which from what I understand you were saying, you're using a proprietary, something proprietary at the moment. Correct. So our middleware is, um, and that's the whole thing of latency. That's where we can consistently achieve uh, sub one millisecond. So yeah. I'd, I'd be curious because that's most likely a kind of smart city application question. Um, yeah, I mean they I'd are a lot of these. I mean I know, for example, Sigfox is uh, had a lot of investment, and they're doing some in very interesting things with smart city um, implementation. Mm -hmm. um, this, yeah. Um, uh, well, a quick one is um, smart buildings are responsible for 40% of energy. Actually, I think it was one of your papers I read that, um, of, of a smart building. It's not one so of, at, it is a figure that's often quoted. Um, we, you know, I, I, we didn't come up with that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, in terms of energy, energy usage, that's what, that's, mm -hmm. I think it's actually comes from UN, someone like that, about, you know, how much energy is being used. Um, yeah. by building stock, yeah. So I, I term what we do the building blocks of a smart city in mm. terms of smart buildings. Mm. Yeah. So I just a couple of questions from me to finish off. Um, what What is your sense? You know, obviously, like you said, you've been doing this for six months now, and I, obviously it's clear that you're focused on commercial office space. And, and we, as we, of course, buildings don't, don't end and start there, but but that's but you, you've obviously identified that as the space that you wanted to focus on. Mm. What do you see? Or what do you get a sense now from that? What building owners really want that, that that is really interesting to them? I mean, is it still comes down to okay, we're going to save that much money, or is it that you know actually no, we want to create an environment that's, that, that is conducive to productivity and, 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 and that's, that's really important to them. Yeah, great, great question. And I think it also boils down to um, a consultative process and the art of going into firstly educate with regards to smart building solutions, um, 
disruptive technologies, the Internet of Things. So that's usually where the conversation starts. But um, it also boils down to just listening, and and it varies from from owner to tenant to to manager in terms of what what they're after. And most times they'll have a specific pain point that uh, that we can uh, satisfy. And for us, it's difficult, and, and I'm glad that we can see that we are quite specific in our application because, mm. you know, as much as we can be all things to all men, um, it's more important for us to be something to someone and, and roll that application out effectively. So, Internet of Things does essentially solve the world's problems, but, you know, let's start small. Um, so, I'm not sure if that answers your question, but yeah, it varies from, from meeting to meeting, really. Mm. Yeah, That's I, I can imagine. And I've, I actually have more questions, but unfortunately we've run out of time. So, I mean, anyone who wants to follow up with Russell, then uh, what was your email address again? Yeah, it's russell2ss2ls at laveau.com. And also for me, if there are any questions about what we do, um, then I've just put up my, my contact details. Um, and there's also two reports that we've written recently, pretty much exactly about this subject, Internet of Things and Smart Buildings. And also we've recently looked at security, how people are using video cameras and access. And this is all becoming part of one big system, especially in commercial buildings, which is what we're focused on. So I really just want to finish. I want to say thanks to our sponsor, tridium.com. Uh, but of course, also to Russell. Thank you very much for the presentation and taking the time today. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, as I said, anyone who wants to follow up, then, uh, then please do. Um, and, and thanks for listening. So it just remains for me to say goodbye. Thanks very much. Thanks.